Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe. Welcome to the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. Today, we are going to talk to Nicola Doherty, who I've known for a while now, and she is a complete pleasure to talk to. She is a freedom coach who helps professional women escape their nine to five job. Nicola has 14 years of freelancing under her belt and lived, has lived and worked in 66 different countries. So if that isn't already a message of bring pleasure to your work, I don't know what is, but I'm so excited to talk to you, Nicola, and find out all of your secrets. Welcome. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you, Pasha. It's so good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So first of all, is Freedom Coach something, a, a, a term that's already out there? Or did you create it? Like I created laughter and pleasure coach. I just made it up. Did you as well create Freedom Coach for yourself or was that a title that's already out in the world? You know what I did in a way. So I decided, right, I'm going to be Freedom Coach because I'm all about finding freedom. But then I did a little search in like Instagram and there's already Freedom Coach. So I, I thought I coined it, but I didn't. Aww. But yeah, it feels so appropriate for what I do. Um, yeah, helping women to work free from nine to five and find their first free, freelance jobs they can work when and where they want and take on interesting projects. And that's what it's all about. Freedom and pleasure. Absolutely. And you embody that so well. I have to ask, when did all this begin? Like, when did you realize the aha moment that you could take the show on the road, that you don't have to live in one country and do your work there? Like, how did this come to you? 2006, I was working for an insurance company, sat at my desk. So I finished university 2005, 2006 sat at the desk and it just felt so depressing so boring I had no enthusiasm for it at all and it just I just started thinking I just can't I just can't keep doing this um so I started just having a little fantasy of like I could quit my nine to five and I could travel the world and kind of kept checking my bank account and realizing that probably I couldn't do that um and it, it just kept this this feeling just kept whizzing around I kept working a bit harder and saving a bit of money I was in a relationship and it ended and I went into work one day, sat down, and I thought, like, I can't just, I can't keep doing this. So I had another little look, and this flight path that I'd been keeping my eye on, so around the world, kind of nine-month trip, had a massive sale on the flights. So I checked my bank account, and I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to do it. I booked it there and then, and I typed out my notice, my, um, yeah, handed him a notice typed it out printed it off at the works printer handed it straight to my boss and was like I'm leaving and 30 days to that day I was on the plane to South Africa um 
Yeah. So I, my plan was then to come back and get another nine to five job. So kind of like quit, have this amazing time and then figure out what it was that I wanted to do. But mm-hmm. when I was traveling, I seen people on their laptops working on the beach. Now we're talking, this is like 14 and a half years ago. So oh. quite clunky. It wasn't like your nice slim laptop. Right, right. You're carrying around yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I thought, wow, there's like this other way to live. And that kind of opened my eyes that people are doing this. And I, it was completely off my radar before. So I kept traveling. So for the nine months, and kind of somewhere halfway between halfway through the trip, I was just like, I, I remember I was sat on a beach in South Africa and I was watching these tiny little penguins, like just African penguins, just oh. chatting and playing amongst themselves. And I looked and I just thought, that's what I want. I want this free life where I can enjoy myself and I don't want to be tied in and trapped down. Um, And I made myself a promise there and then I will never ever have another nine to five again. And that's a promise I've kept to myself for 14 years. Years. So fantastic. It's, I, I can't imagine it's not everybody's dream to do what you are doing to have the freedom to travel and work from anywhere, especially now. So it's, it's just incredible. Like, wait a minute, this is actually possible. It's not a bucket list item or a dream that we fantasize about like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we won the lottery and we're able to travel the world? Like you made it happen. It sounds like on a frugal budget. And Mm -hmm. then you just made the decision to create this lifestyle. Brilliant. I did. Yeah, and did you did you have the support of friends and family, or did you have people say, "Nicola, this is too risky," or "This isn't the time," or "What are you doing?" Did you get a lot of uh, feedback about it? Uh, yeah, I did at the time. I think it was mostly excitement because it was just kind of this period where there was like a start and an end. So this nine month trip. So the assumption of everybody, including myself at the start, was like, I would come back and get this nine to five. So when my plan wasn't and I come back and I didn't have a job and I didn't really have any money and moved back with my parents, it was kind of like, well, you know, Nick, now's the time to really start thinking like about a job. And I was like, I am thinking about it. I've got this plan. And my parents and, and friends are really, they're really cool and and kind of just really supportive of me. But there was definitely a few months when I came back and had this idea of like, she's just sitting around. She's just, yeah, <laughs> she's just being lazy. But it was there. I was planning it all out in my mind. And, you know, it wasn't all plain sailing. There was some bumps up and down, especially the first first couple of years like I didn't know really what I was doing and I was applying for any old any old job that I could get my hands on and over time more pleasure come in because I decided to take on contracts that I could that I found enjoyable and then I managed to find a way to like earn more money through it so that I could actually live this lifestyle because at the start I was kind of like you know just just meeting the bare necessities of yeah over time and I think like well some of my friends have done it themselves now like they've quit their nine to five because I think they they see me you know they see that it's possible and they know how I've done it because I've told them how I've done it and they've seen it so yeah really supportive but I, I know everyone doesn't get that same support but for me definitely yeah, well, which is why somebody like you being a freedom coach is such a wonderful gift because then we can have you lead us through it and then you could be the the support in that journey. Do you think that any job that requires a 
laptop can travel abroad and and do anything? Do you think that it's limited to freelancers or coaches? What what else have you seen work? I've seen almost anything work. I mean, mm. I think mostly it's kind of, I do think mostly the freelance world works well. And the reason for that is kind of tax implications of if you work for a company and there's some kind of implications there about being out of the country. But if you're freelancing, I think, and I think what a lot of people have learned through these, through these terrible times of COVID is that actually they can do their job at home. So you've got social workers, you've got teachers, you've got politicians, you've got um, so many different types of, of roles, solicitors, lawyers, um, researchers, psychologists, all now doing their job at home. So it's kind of, I really do feel there's going to be a transition. Companies are realising we're saving money, we don't have to pay for these big offices and all the electricity and everything. So in theory, I think any job could be done remotely. I think there's a little bit more work that needs to be done to get there. But anyone any, anyone can freelance. We've all got freelancing skills um, because we've been taught through COVID we can do our jobs at home. So that's a starting point. Yes. Oh, it's so empowering to, to hear that. And all different uh, ages, I'm sure you've assisted in this process. Um, it's not something I know as for me as a as a mom, I think, okay, well, this is something maybe in the future, maybe when my children all graduated, but that too is a limiting belief because I'm sure there's people who brilliantly travel with their children and move from country to country. My own business coach does that, moves from country to country with her two little ones and her husband and makes a go of it wherever she is. She just sets up with her whiteboard and her laptop and recreates it under a new roof. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah, it's all about believing that you can. If you think yes. that you can, do it, you'll be able to do it because you'll find a way to do it. Yes. And that's and, how and, and since I've known you, you've moved three times. So I don't even know where in the world you are right now. I think you're in some part of Spain, but where are you? Yeah, I'm in one of the Canary Islands, so Tenerife. Um, I flew out here in the start of December, okay. um, December 3rd, but then COVID got, in England, it went into lockdown. I was planning to come home and all flights had got cancelled. Um, so I'm staying here for four months. But what I love about the lifestyle I've created is that it doesn't matter. I can't get home. You can <laughs> and, <laughs> and It doesn't matter. I've got my laptop with me. This is the lifestyle that I'm leading. Um, and I've got that flexible, yeah, got that flexible lifestyle where it's fine. And I've just got the beach just there. So yeah, life is good at the moment. Yes. I mean, I, it will announce all of your, you know, Instagram handles and, and ways to reach you at the end, but just following you on Instagram allows me to realize what is possible and it's a way to travel. I mean, right now, obviously I'm not able to travel. And so just witnessing you on a different beach and in a different restaurant, different colors and cultures around you is awesome. I love it. I love it. So it's a thrill to, uh, to follow you and know you, Nicola. Thank you, Pasha. Likewise. <laughs> so we also have in common the desire and mission to bring more inclusivity into our work. And I know it's tricky on a podcast to, to show that inclusivity um, for those that are watching a, a replay on the video, they'll see that we wrote our pronouns, she, her, after our names, and that we spell women with an X um, to show inclusivity and, and that we both identify in the LGBTQ community. And how 
how has it has it changed how you um, have brought pleasure into your practice, or how you've how has it changed how you work or how you reach people? I'm just curious if the inclusivity has um, evolved for you at all. Yeah, you know what it has. I think I'm becoming more and more aware of the importance of using pronouns. Mm-hmm. Of um, so I'm a gay woman. I. You know, I'm quite active on Instagram um, is my kind of platform of choice, but I tend to like thread in, you know, I'm all about supporting women for breaking free from the nine to five, but I thread in things about the queer community because I want to be seen as someone who is open to anybody um anybody coming to me who feels that they need some help also things such as like black lives matters campaign like i posted quite quite a lot of stuff around that at the same time but Mm -hmm. what i'm actively doing right now so every every week i've got a clubhouse room that i share with sarah taylor um, and ali and we are all about it's called the queerpreneur lounge and it's all about inclusivity um for queer people in business so that's that's what I do every Monday night. I've got a show at six o'clock, but it's something I'm aware of, and I feel like I could do more. I think we could all do more, but yes. kind of being aware is, I think, the first step. This podcast is sponsored by Krista Hoppala, sexologist and consciousness guide. I am proud to say that Krista is my own personal sexologist, the woman I turn to when I need to refresh my own pleasure practices. I highly recommend her to my clients and friends. Her website is kristahoppala.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-H-A-A-P-A-L-A.com. Lots of A's, or as I say, lots of ahs. It's all pleasure with this woman. Check her out. Yes, I was just on a clubhouse room this morning where with Sarah, and uh, the conversation was: if you if your intention is not necessarily to serve the queer community, is it still important for us to use our pronouns to you know throw in a, a rainbow flag or use women's spelling with an X? And I think this is just part of the change that we're trying to bring, just like with Black Lives Matter. We're not going to do that only during Black History Month or only during times of uh, protest. It's important to weave it in, as you said, weave, weave it into all of our um, posts and all of our, our, all of our advertisements and, and just to continue to raise awareness. I think it's, I think it's really important. And it also allows other people to see how to do that, even if they don't identify in the queer community, um, they can, they can still be inclusive in their languaging. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm glad, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that that's the new trend. And I, people might be wondering like, what does this relate to pleasure, Pasha? And pleasure is such a umbrella term to me. I believe pleasure is obviously bringing, you know, fun and play and, you know, sensuality into our life and our work. But I also think it's about being in alignment with our purpose and our passion and just feeling like we're here for a reason and we're doing the best we can. And we're, and we're being kind to all people. That is our intention. It's certainly mine. And I know it is yours too, to, um, to learn and unlearn and to include all in our work. And so I feel like it is pleasure. I feel like this is all about, um, living our best life with authenticity. 
I agree so much. I think the word pleasure sometimes has like connotations about just being this most magical feeling. And obviously it can be, but also, yeah, living in, in a tune and with our values. And um, I just think it's so, so important. And that certainly gives me a lot of pleasure. Um, yes. Sure. yes. I tell people all the time, they say, what is your greatest pleasure? And there are days where my greatest pleasure is going to work and writing a post and connecting with somebody online and throwing a little, you know, rainbow flag emoji up there, just in case somebody out there needs to see that so that they feel seen and heard. And if we can sprinkle pleasure into our life by, by being inclusive, like wonderful, you know, I don't think it's all about, um, although this sounds really good lying on beaches and, (laughs) and flowers and and sex, like that's all awesome. And I'd love, love more of that, please. But, um, but to expand our definition of pleasure will allow us to bring it into every day, even the challenging, difficult days. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because actually, you know, helping someone to break free and actually find the lifestyle that they live that seeps out into pleasure, then seeps out into all areas. Because if you can choose what time you work, when you work, when you take time off, you can break time up in the day to go for a nice walk or to attend a yoga class, things that you just can't do when you're in a nine to five. I mean, that level of pleasure that you can dip in and out of during your day, I think it just has such a big impact on your life and then the life of the people that are around you because you just dipping into that pleasure and, and you you know more than anyone how important that is but it, it, it just lifts us up and yeah it, it has such a massive impact on us yeah so it sounds like and I love the dipping in I love that term um you know, to dip your little toe into pleasure if you can sneak it in um and do do you always connect for you personally do you connect pleasure with self-care yeah, I do actually. So if someone says to me um, about pleasure, I do like automatically I'm thinking like spa breaks, like holidays mm-hmm. and stuff. But I do think it can be on a, you know, as you said, kind of more of like values, like what's important to me and making sure that what I do is aligned with with that. Mm-hmm. And I also had the special pleasure and honor of doing some laughter yoga classes with you and then had the absolute pleasure of watching the interaction between you and your mom of laughing together and playing together, which just brings up for me again, how our upbringing um, and the values that were set in our homes growing up allow us to, to make some of the decisions we make later in life. And I know for me, the limiting beliefs were um, that pleasure was not valued and that, you know, life wasn't supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be productive and, um, leisure is laziness and idleness is death. And these are the messages I received. I'm curious, given where you are after traveling 66 countries and living this life of pleasure, what were the messages? Can you remember anything your parents said or taught you that just are a a mantra that rings through your head that we could, that we could tell to our own children so that they could have this life too. Yeah. Like you can be who you want to be. You can do what you want to do as long as you're being kind and follow your heart, like the world's your oyster, grab it with both hands, make the most of it, laugh. My my mom, and obviously you've met her and she absolutely adores you, but she, as you, you've seen for herself, she brings laughter into her life every single day. She's genuinely one of the funniest people. 
I've ever met. Um, I've had the pleasure of spending time with. And I think, you know, as growing up in that environment, like, of course, like my, my beliefs are, I can do what I want. I can be who I want. I can have more pleasure in my life because that was modeled to me. Um, from my mom and my dad, on the other hand, is very much like he goes to work, like kind of leaves the house six until six is at work every single day, Monday through to Saturday, work hard, provide. And then my mom's the opposite, but he's still very, very supportive. But I think having that one person in my household who was very open to pleasure being like right up there as like so so important then yeah that's something I've been guided with and yes such an important part of my journey you had such a nice balance there too and yeah I've seen your mom just giggle like a childlike giggle over something random and mundane and I mean this is my life goal to be able to on a daily basis, even when things are anything from challenging to boring, still find things that just light me up and make me giggle with pleasure and laughter. And um, I, I assume for her now, it's just habitual and that we all can start to build and strengthen those muscles. Cause I feel like we do need to practice them so that we can yeah. continue to access them. Do you, do you feel like on a daily basis you laugh you know, I do, but like I, what I would say, I live on my own. Um, I tr- travel on my own. Like I spend a lot of time on my own, and sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like a lot of the time I laugh. It's kind of through, you know, I don't just sit there on my own and think, oh gosh, I'm so funny. Like someone said <laughs> something. There's been a trigger. Like I've watched them on telly that makes me laugh. Or I've read something that's funny. Or I spoke to my friend. So I do realise when I am on my own so often, I think, oh gosh, I've not laughed as much. But then I do find little, just the joy, I'd say rather than like laughing so much, but just the joy in like watching nature and smiling and things like that. But Mm. um, yeah, I think especially when, when I'm with people, like I've got such a great, great group of friends who are so funny. And even them just sending me a text message or something that makes me laugh. Yeah, Um, I like to laugh a lot. Yes. And it, you're right. It is a social and interactive activity for the most part. Like it's, it's challenging to just laugh out loud on our own or have a good belly laugh. Um, although in laughter yoga, we, we practice that we can do that, simulate laughter. Um, but it's so much more fun with people. And in this time of COVID, of course, with more isolation and loneliness, it's important to know that we can reach those moments of interaction and connection, even if it is on a phone call or a zoom that we don't need to you know, shut down that part of us. And I also receive a lot of um, interesting comments sometimes, you know, how could you laugh and focus on pleasure when your child is sick? How could you laugh and focus on pleasure when so many people are dying of COVID or when so many people have hardships? And I'm curious how that works for you on days that are darker or more challenging. How do you still bring pleasure into your life? I think it's even more important to bring pleasure into your life when days are dark and challenging. And I had, as you know, we spoke about it before, my own really, really difficult time last year where it was like lockdown in England and then come out of lockdown and I was just straight into hospital for emergency surgery. I came out and I was so sick. I couldn't, I couldn't sit, stand couldn't do anything on my own I was being cared for at home every single day by the nurses 
I couldn't see, I could not see the future. I was heavily dosed on morphine and just felt horrendous. And thank goodness I have my amazing mom around to look after me. And it just makes me feel emotional even talking about how, how incredible she was. But she just did everything she could to make me laugh because oh. that was the that was the only thing that could get me out of thinking right there's a little bit of hope or there's a little bit of joy in today and she just put <laughs> she put on like this little shirt you know she just did every single thing she could and she's like read this like watch this and little by little I honestly genuinely think that that really helped me you know they gave me you know they said it would take about six months for me to recover it took three months which still felt like a long time but I think it helped me to believe in yes. those dark days that actually there's some hope and there's some optimism and I think that that really helps so I think in the you know putting it into like COVID times like it's awful and a lot of people are being really badly affected and it's a terrible time and we don't know when it's going to end and hope that it does but if we can still I think it's still so important to try and find some joy in our day every single day because that can really help us feel better but also help other people around us to feel a little bit better too. Yes. And I love that you said hope that it provided you hope. And I imagine it actually physically relieved some of your pain temporarily when you're, when you're suffering in, I find that with my son, if he's laughing, um, the, the pain for a small amount of time disappears. And then even the 10 minutes or an hour after it's less, it's less intense, the, the actual physical pain. So it's, it's a powerful tool but your to your point of needing your mom then we need to be able to ask for help we need to be able to ask other people to help lift us up on those days that are so challenging and you know send me a meme or tell me a joke or send me your favorite comedy routine or <clears throat> tell me something good you saw today or um, you know describe your favorite flower like it could be anything along the lines of pleasure and laughter that i think lifts our spirits and provides that that hope but if we can't access it on our own if we're like stuck in that dark place absolutely ask for help yeah Yeah, I agree so much especially for people that are isolated and at home on their own and aren't having that interaction I think those things that you can do like that just seems so small like sending your favorite joke or mean to someone can actually have that kind of they can just have a knock-on effect can't they because if I if I receive something funny I'll send it to someone else who I think's funny and they'll send it to somebody else and then it brings a little bit more joy into people's days. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. The the ripple effect. And so we've gone, we've gone to a lot of places from bringing in pleasure and joy into our day to day, even on the difficult days to how to complete dream bucket list uh, for a lot of us, make this a reality and a possibility to work in different countries, many, many countries um, and make work pleasurable. So how can people best reach you and follow you? Yeah. So Instagram is my main platform and it's Nicola, N-I-C-O-L-A underscore Doherty, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y underscore, I like underscores, (laughs) coaching. So Nicola underscore Doherty underscore coaching on Instagram. Okay, wonderful. And um, and I will add that link into the notes of the show as well. And in posts, I'll, I'll link that as well. And yes, if, if, for the pleasure alone, follow Nicola. And absolutely, if you're looking to leave your nine to five, Nicola is the person to see. 
Yes. So Nicola, last question that I always ask anybody, what is your favorite way to sprinkle in pleasure on those difficult days? What is your go-to favorite pleasure? Oh, you know, my go-to favorite pleasure is putting on whatever clothes are suitable for the weather and to stomp outside, whether it's snowing, rainy, sunny, and just watch, watch whether it's people, whether it's nature. Um, that is my favorite thing. So I think going out and getting fresh air and some movement is like really good for us, but actually like just being curious about what's around and what's there and what I'm seeing and who's there and the nature. For me, that's one of the most accessible and, and quick ways to be able to put pleasure into my life every day. Beautiful. And I love that that's accessible to all people. And I love that you included the snow too. You don't have to be on a beach in Spain (laughs) to receive pleasure. I'm in Maine right now and it's something like nine degrees. I can still bundle up, like you said, with appropriate clothes and enjoy going outside. And, And I also love that you said curiosity and keeping that curiosity and wonder alive, I think is so important. Yes, definitely. Brilliant. I always love talking to you, Nicola. Thank you so much for being here. Too. Thank you for asking me. I love your podcast for listened to a couple. So yeah, excited that I was asked to come on. So thanks so much. Absolutely. And if any of you listeners um, would please after listening, if you like it, offer a five-star review would be amazing. Any review and a written review, subscribe to the podcast and then share the podcast. We're, we're new. We're trying to get the word out there to all humans uh, that pleasure is our birthright and that when we're making decisions, let pleasure be the measure. So thank you everybody for being here and I will talk to you soon.